Welcome back, everyone. I am Paul. And I'm Jamie. And this is another episode of Criminally Disturbed, Jamie's edition. I like the way that sounds. There you go. And guess what? What? This week, we are not in Texas. Well, we weren't in Texas for the last episode that we did, which was mine. Right? Yep. So, yeah. This week, we are in New York in 1931. Oh. Yeah. Oh. That's a tough time to be in right there. <laughs> yeah. With the whole Great Depression and stuff. Yeah, and I've actually been working on this one for three weeks. I mean, 1931, uh, that's uh, that's even, it was even hard for gangsters back then. You, have you ever seen the movie, uh, my mind just went blank, shit. You have to. Her mind is a clean slate. <laughs> God, what is, hustle and flow. Mm-hmm. You know, the the song, you know it's hard out here for a pimp. I do. Okay, I just thought of that. I don't know yeah. why. Okay. Yeah. But anyways. It, it, it was hard out there for a pimps and gangsters. <laughs> yeah. Uh, we hope that you guys had a wonderful Halloween mm-hmm. and got a lot of candy. And now let the cavities begin. You old jive turkeys. <laughs> That's right. Oh, by the way. Huh. Were there any jive turkeys in that episode of mine? No. I think the investigators were jive turkeys, especially that one that... No, they were just assholes. Oh, okay. Well, yeah, that's true. They were some assholes. You're right. <laughs> so, are there any jive turkeys in, in, in yours? Yeah, there could be a couple of jive turkeys in mine. Okay. All right. Okay. So, Fill everybody in on the jive turkey thing if they didn't hear the last episode. Yeah, if you did not hear the last episode, um, my little nonsense at the beginning of the episode, we was going down the road, me and the little ones, and a radio station had mentioned jive turkeys. <laughs> and the kids were like, What's a jive turkey? And like, you know, thinking it was an actual turkey. And I was like, No. But then it was like, Oh my God, I remember that phrase. So. I have declared that for the month of November is going to be Jive Turkey Month. Excellent. Excellent. And I guess we could really take it into December also because, I mean, you have turkeys in December too. Sometimes. Yeah, I don't know. I might get bored of it by then. (laughs) Or our listeners could be bored of it. That's true. So we don't want to bore anybody. Okay, so like I said, I have been studying this case for three weeks. There was a lot of info out there. I went ahead and just went strictly with newspapers.com. That's dangerous. It is. Especially for the 30s. For the 30s. Yeah. Because, <laughs> yeah. you know, back then, newspapers had like two editions a day. Right. And like the morning edition would report some news, but by that evening, they would report totally different news. Mm-hmm. Like. Or, or even recanting what they said exactly. in the morning. Yeah. Exactly. So it was like, oh, my goodness. So I'm going to go ahead and tell you, um, obviously, you know what the title is. If you see this podcast elsewhere, I would, you know, tell you to go ahead and listen to it if somebody else puts it out there. Because there is going to be, like, there was a lot of leads going into this. This is unsolved. And some of the leads that didn't pan out, I just went ahead and left out of it because they went nowhere. I think it's it's probably should be noted, though, that, like you just said, there was probably a lot of leads that 
they started to kind of look into, but then decided to kind of squash it. Right, because they went nowhere. So right. it, I just left it out. Right, because it it did get confusing. And if you went through every probably every single one oh of them, we would be looking at hours. It was a lot. Yeah. So I left in here the parts that I thought was important to this. But like I said, if you see this elsewhere, listen to it. Because what I found important, somebody else might find something else important. Okay. So listen to somebody else's and they might have different info. All right. So, okay. Like I said, newspapers.com for the win. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. So 9.30 a.m. on Friday, June 5th, 1931. 25-year-old Star Faithful. I love her name. Star. And Faithful. And Faithful. Yeah. Left her family's apartment in Greenwich Village to go shopping. Oh, shit. And this is Greenwich Village. So this this is in New York. Yes. And it can't be, it, it cannot be cheap Mm-mm. to shop in New York right. in 1931. That's right. She was wearing a silk dress. She was carrying a coat, and she had a purse with $3. Now, I don't know if that was a lot of money back then, but she had $3. Okay. So, while she was out shopping, she spoke with her friend Loretta, which was around 2.30 to 3 p.m. in Grand Central Station, which was in Manhattan. Mm-hmm. And Loretta said that Star was cheerful. Okay. And this was the last positive knowledge of stars movements that day whoa yeah that turned dark fast very fast okay when star had not returned home on saturday june 6th mr faithful and this was her stepfather okay but to keep down on the confusion we're just going to leave him as her father because when he married her mother, her and her sister adopted his last name, like took his last name. Okay. So we're just going to leave them as the Faithfuls. All right. Mr. Faithful contacted the Missing Persons Bureau. So this was Saturday, June 6th. Is that like the Special Victims Unit kind of <laughs> SVU? <laughs> maybe like a Missing Persons Report, maybe? Sure. Okay. I don't know. So just after dawn... On Monday, June 8th, beachcomber Daniel Moriarty was sifting through the sands on Long Beach, Long Island. He was looking for trinkets. Face down, rocking slowly in the waves with seaweed tangled in her sand-matted hair was the body of Star Faithful. Damn. And this is how long after somebody found her or saw her? She was last seen Friday at between 2.30 and 3, and this was Monday morning just after dawn. So, yeah. Okay. She was still wearing her fitted black and white print dress, but nothing underneath. Whoa, no undergarments. No undergarments. Hmm. She was badly bruised. She had an abrasion on her right arm and several on her breast. Bruises on her arm seem to have been made by fingers. Okay. Like somebody was grabbing her real hard. Mm -hmm. Okay. There was sand in her throat and lungs. Whoa. Mm -hmm. There was no alcohol in her system, but there was enough varanol found in her liver to put her to sleep, but not enough to kill her. Now, what is varanol? Kind of like, I think it was like a sleeping agent. Okay. 
So it was enough to put her to sleep, but not enough to, like, kill her. Okay. The doctor that performed her autopsy said that she died sometime Saturday. And the two doctors that performed her autopsy said she died sometime Saturday. But they were of the opinion that she had been beaten before she was thrown into the water. Okay. The bruising. However, Dr. Nathan Ginsburg of Long Beach, he did not perform their autopsy, but he was with the police when her body was found, mm-hmm. believed that she couldn't have been dead for more than 15 hours. Okay. And so obviously she could not have been dead since Saturday, like the other two doctors believed. And the reason why he said that was because there had been a violent storm on Sunday. And he said, and if she had been dead since Saturday, then her body would have been like all cut up from debris and stuff from the storm. It was that violent of a storm? Yes. Wow. Yeah. What was a hurricane? I don't know. <laughs> Damn. And he said, and also her body had not started like with discoloration and stuff either oh well well, i mean yeah so now we've got different doctors saying oh well she died on saturday another doctor saying no i don't think she's been dead that long so now we're starting to have kind of kind of some discrepancies on how long she'd actually been dead that's a big discrepancy (laughs) yeah i mean yeah so inspector king who was from long island He said that her bruising was such as would be found on a body that was tossed by the surf. Okay. But remember, the two doctors said, no, her body was bruised before she was thrown in the water. So King is leaning toward that she committed suicide. But the doctors are leaning toward, no, we're thinking maybe she was thrown into the water. You know, you mentioned this, but the the whole bruising that looked like it was caused by fingers, that's pretty, you know, you can pretty much tell. Right. So, and and that's not something that you're going to get by being tossed by the surf. Right. And also, the sand in the throat and the lungs. See, so I immediately, if there's sand in the throat and the lungs. Shallow water. Which means that she was breathing in... Maybe underwater while the Mm -hmm. sand was churned up. Right. She drowned. Right. Sand got in there because it was churned in the water. Mm -hmm. I mean, I'm not an autopsy tech either. Right. But looks pretty evident to me. Right. Okay. So, Inspector King, throughout the rest of this, he's going to die on the hill that she committed suicide. So, I'm just going to leave that with you. Okay. Now, I want to take this opportunity to disclose that we are no way, shape, or form investigators. No. Nor are we autopsy techs, medical technologists, or anything (laughs) like that. We are just a construction worker and an accountant. Right. That's all we are. We are not educated in the criminal justice field. Or medical field. Or medical field. So, what we say doesn't really matter. No. (laughs) It's just our opinions. (laughs) So... (laughs) Yeah, and I'm only saying that because this is an unsolved case. Right, this is unsolved. We're just speculating. We're just speculating. Obviously, Mr. Faithful said Star would not commit suicide, and she was an expert swimmer. Oh. Yeah. Oh, well. So, Inspector King was like, well, you know what? 
maybe if we looked at her diary, because around this time, lots of women had diaries. Sure. So maybe if we looked at that, we can kind of look at her acquaintances. Yeah, and I mean, see what she had going on in her life. Right. And, I mean, you know that women write a lot of things in their diary when they keep one and some of the most you know uh, personal information their acquaintances and things like this is going to be in there so that's very good on him to think of that yeah and you know maybe kind of lay this to rest if it was suicide or somebody murdered her or you know or, or whatever or somebody was after her right suicide if she had had some previous thoughts of it mm-hmm. or leading up to it what right. have it Mm-hmm. Great. So they got the diary and they found what? Well, Mr. Faithful said, no, I destroyed her diary. Like, how long after this was this found out? Like, this was the day after her body was found. And he already destroyed her diary. Yes, sir. Like, huh? Like, why? First of all, why would you say that? Why huh. would you tell the inspector? Why would you say that? Why wouldn't you just say, oh, as far as I know, I don't think she had a diary. (laughs) Why would you say that? Or why would you feel the need to destroy it? What is in that diary? What was in that diary? I don't know. Hmm. Okay, so let's... let's So they're back to square one. They have nothing. They have nothing at this moment. This moment. Let's learn about Star. Marion Star... Wyman Faithful was born on January 27, 1906. Okay. Her sister Tucker, not her real name, she decided she wanted to go by Tucker, just like Star decided she wanted to go by Star. Love their names. Yeah, Star and Tucker. Was born in 1911. Like I said earlier, their mother Helen married Stanley E. Faithful, and they both took Mr. Faithful's last name. So... You said that they took his last name. Is that him, Stanley, adopting them? Yes. Okay. Their dad was described as a ne'er-do-well and all that, so... A what? A ne'er-do-well. What the hell is that? A never-do-well. Oh, ne'er. Okay. I got you. Uh, An N-E apostrophe... E-R. E-R. Okay. (laughs) All right. I was like, yeah. what the fuck did you just say? <laughs> he was one of them ne'er-do-wells. Would you call my mama? <laughs> what? <laughs> Shit. <laughs> okay. So, as a child, Star was energetic and at times a bit difficult to control. That's most most kids. Sure. A doctor diagnosed her with a slight excess of spirit whoa wait a minute here (laughs) is that a thing Uh, i guess it's like what is that slight excess of spirit like is she like spirit like cheer spirit or is she like spirit like i see dead people (laughs) well I'm, i'm like today i guess that would be called hyperactive adhd adhd yeah there you go wow yeah excess spirit (laughs) what do they prescribe for that well probably nothing back then ritalin (laughs) i don't even know when ritalin came about i don't know it's just that's crazy excess spirit i'm gonna have to use that shit i'm gonna tell my boss be like look i went to the doctor today he says i got excess spirit i can't come in today (laughs) 
<laughs> I'm feeling myself today. I got excess of spirit. My boss would be like, spirit fingers. Bitch, you got your laptop. You better pull it out and start working. Right? <laughs> Star loved horses, and she had a dog named Bubbles. That she coated with butter one day. What the? Now that's excess spirit. <laughs> right? God dang. I was like, oh my gosh, that's hilarious. I would have killed her, but that's hilarious. What the fuck is she fixing to do with this dog? I don't know, but I bet that dog's coat was immaculate once she rinsed it Oh, hell it yeah. Off. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Once they got it out of there, that thing was, was flowing. Oh, <laughs> I was just, I was hoping that she wasn't <laughs> fixing, fixing to put that dog in the skillet and put some cheese on it no. or something. She was just doing British shop. So, God dang. She was artistic and began reading at an early age. When it came time for Star to enter a higher school, Mrs. Faithful's cousins arranged a fund for Star's education. Mrs. Faithful's cousin Martha was married to Andrew J. Peters, who had been a congressman and the mayor of Boston. So this is a to-do family. Oh, yeah. So when she went to the higher school, it was Rogers Hall. She was captain of the swim team, which, like Mr. Faithful said, she was an expert swimmer. She also liked to travel a lot. She made several trips to Europe. She also liked to travel via the Cunard Cruise Line. Okay. She made friends with several of the young officers on the ships. She was thinking of launching a literary career, but the neighbors described her as a bit of a recluse. She was fond of books and daily walks, and neighbors said that they never seen that she had any romantic interest, and the neighbors also said that the family was silent and unneighborly. I'm like, God, I mean, you neighbors are assholes. But we don't really communicate with our neighbors. We really don't. Yeah, but that's just because they're assholes, not us. Yeah, our neighbors really are. They are. They are. But so she was a recluse. Mm -hmm. Never really saw that she had any romantic interests or anything like that. But I'm like, why are y'all paying that much damn attention to her? That's that's exactly where I was going. Why the fuck do you care? Exactly. Shit. Stay out that girl business. <laughs> right? Okay. So, that's kind of a back story to Star. The police start questioning the family, and they found out that Mr. Faithful was in Boston all day June 4th, which was the Thursday before Star left home. You know, she left home that Friday to go shopping. And he had actually returned home one hour before Star left the house. Okay. Tucker said that she went to Boston on Friday and she didn't return until Monday afternoon after Star's body was found. Where did she go? Boston. With her dad? No. Oh, okay. She went to see friends. Okay. And of course, mom, Mrs. Faithful, she was actually at home all weekend. Okay. And Mr. Faithful was home all weekend too. It's just he didn't get back home till like an hour right. before Star left. Okay. Well... So the police come to the house, you know, they got to do a search of her room and stuff and kind of, you know, see what's going on in there. And they found a hidden diary. Where did they find it? It was on a bookshelf, but it was kind of hidden amongst some books. In her room or? In her room. So if her dad, father, stepfather, whatever, had tried to deter police from even looking for it, he did not 
go all out to try to get rid of it. Why would he say that if you're not actually, I mean, you know police are going to investigate. I mean. Well, apparently police said after they found it and they actually went through it, that they said that if he knew that it still existed, he would have destroyed it. Oh. Oh. Well, let's get into that. Let's get into that. Okay. Apparently, it was very spicy. Oh. So, she was romantically involved. (gasps) Fuck the neighbors. She was very romantically involved. Oh, shit. So, District Attorney Elvin N. Edwards. E.E.? E E. Okay. And we're gonna Easy ease. <laughs> we're gonna call him Edwards from here on out. He declared after he got the diary and read it, he said that there were several persons who would have been happier if Star Faithful were dead. What the fuck does that mean? He said, and some of these are prominent both socially and politically. So this diary had 19 men in it was there a list in there like she detailed all of her sexual experiences with these men how old was she 25 19 she was 25 and there was 19 men and this diary was started um a couple of years after she left rogers hall whoa Mm-hmm. Okay. So, the newspapers, they, I guess when a diary is found, they think that they should be able to print little clips of it. And the police were like, um, you can't print anything out of this diary. That's how explicit the diary was. Do you have any of it? No. Really? Like, there was no. Damn. Like, no oh my god yeah i need to read this diary you got to find this diary and like the only thing i can think of because they couldn't go into too much detail but they would like say stuff that kind of alluded to there was stuff in there that kind of made me think there wasn't names for so i was like is this kind of like bdsm stuff maybe holy shit yeah that's that's what i was thinking like was this kind of bdsm stuff maybe back then they didn't really have a name for that right yeah that's what i'm saying wow yeah okay yeah so miss star was not a recluse oh no that's far from it yeah so i figured i would tell y'all that part so when we start getting to into theories about what might have happened to her you wouldn't be clutching your pearls like oh my god yeah yeah huh So, her sexual experiences were deemed unprintable for the newspaper. She wrote of a man of political importance who she considered her tutor in eroticism. And she also wrote that he paid her well. Who was this? They didn't release his name. He's like the number one suspect. I know. So, police start thinking, when she's saying she's going on these daily walks, that's when she's going to go see these men. Well, I mean, they can't surveil her, so... Well, they can't surveil her now. That's what I'm saying. Right. So it's like, we need to go to these these men. Right. They, and didn't, so, they didn't question them. That, so that's what, that takes us back to what you said at the beginning. Mm-hmm. 
of I'm assuming that they went down some of those paths and it didn't lead anywhere. No, they didn't question none of these men. Are you kidding me? No, they didn't question none of these men. Nope. Okay, then. So anyways, her quiet walks that she was taking in the afternoon, she was going to see her men's. Now, you said she had $3 in her wallet or purse mm-hmm. or whatever. Mm-hmm. My first question I'm guessing here, you know, when you brought up the whole diary and the men, is that she was getting paid for this. Mm-hmm. But she lived with her parents mm-hmm. and her sister, younger sister, mm-hmm. and stuff, and she only had $3. Mm-hmm. So was there no money exchanging? We'll get into it. All right. All right. So in 1929, another little backstory here, Rudolph Haybrook, who was a close family friend and he lived in London, he revealed that Star Tucker and Mrs. Faithful went and stayed in London he said that when they got there, Star immediately established lodgings away from Tucker and Mrs. Faithful. Wow. He said that while they were there, Star had a considerable amount of money. She purchased clothes and she entertained freely. What does that mean? I guess just through parties and stuff. He didn't go into detail. He just said. Like she was entertaining people or she just. I guess she was entertaining people. I don't know. He said entertained freely. Oh, okay. I don't know. He said a short time after they got there, Mrs. Faithful was in strained financial circumstances. So, Haybrook actually had to assist her until she sent a cable to Mr. Faithful requesting $5,000. When the money arrived, Mrs. Faithful and Tucker lived at the best hotels for several weeks until that money was gone. Okay. Haybrook and other friends had to assist Miss Faithful and Tucker in obtaining transportation back to the U.S. What? While all this was going on, while Mr. Faithful was sending the 5000 to London, he was being evicted from their home for non-payment of rent. It was three months behind. So they didn't have any money. So Star had money, but the Faithfuls didn't have money. Now, it's got to be disheartening to, the, to is, the parents that your kid is walking in with all these nice clothes and going to these places and stuff, and they can't pay the rent. But I'm also, I'm kind of like, were they living off of her, though? Because it was said that the janitor of their apartment said that they had the most expensively decorated apartment. Did you say what Mr. Faithful did for a living? I'll get to that in a minute. Okay. When I get to the theories. Okay. Mm-hmm. That is crazy. Obviously, Star has money. So, I'm thinking like all these men she's seeing, they're giving her money. What year is this? This is 1929 when they were That's in That's the Great Depression. So, yeah. he probably lost his job. You know, something crashed. He probably lost his job. He maybe had some investments or something that turned south or I don't know. But I'm just saying a lot of people in that area in the Northeast lost their jobs. Mm-hmm fast Mm -hmm. so yeah i mean it's not out of the realm of if they're losing their place he lost his job she lost hers right i'm not saying that i'm saying stars getting money from these men yeah but they don't have a union for that no (laughs) no what i'm saying is stars getting money from these men Mm -hmm. is she supporting her family with her money she's getting from these men is she is she giving that money to her family? Well, how did they have this finely furnished apartment 
when she dies. Why don't you keep going? I want to know what he work does for a living. Okay. It was also revealed that Starr attempted to commit suicide while they were in London by swallowing 24 Alanol tablets. Alanol at that... I was just fixing to ask, what is Alanol? It's used to treat insomnia. She told the physician that revived her that she had nothing to live for now that somebody had let her down badly. And the Alanol she did have by prescription. Okay. All right. So we've got a past experience of trying to mm-hmm. commit suicide. Okay. On May 30th of 1930, Star was admitted to Bellevue Hospital. Bellevue? Mm-hmm. That's like the famous psychiatric hospital. At first, this was denied by Mr. Faithful. Oh, that she actually was admitted? Okay. Mm-hmm. But Edwards had found it, had found records. He was like, oh, no, I found the records. And finally, Mr. Faithful was like, okay. So what had happened was Star was found at Hotel St. Paul in Manhattan with a Mr. Collins. We don't know that that's his real name. Okay. He was described as an older, gray-haired, distinguished man. Star was naked, unconscious, and battered. She had been beaten. Collins was drunk and incoherent. Star was taken by ambulance to Bellevue and admitted as Mrs. Collins. So when Edwards found out about this, he started trying to figure out, well, who the hell is this Mr. Collins? Maybe we can figure out who this is. Maybe he might have something to do with this with star's death or whatever so he speaks with a detective walsh of long island police and he actually learned that mr collins was a man that was so popular in the community that he has a stone wall around him and he can't be touched so they know who he is but that's okay. not his. That's okay. not his real name. I, I was give trying to give you a little bit more time, and hopefully it would have came out. But so people went in. She's naked and battered, unconscious. Mm-hmm. He's incoherent, mm-hmm. and she's taken to a psychiatric hospital, mm-hmm. not a regular hospital. Uh huh. Why? Why? I guess because Mr. Collins is popular in the community and they had to keep it on the down low. That's suspicious in itself. Right. Okay. Mm-hmm. All right. I see. I see. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So there was really no need for her to go to a psychiatric hospital. No. I mean. She was drunk. He was drunk. And he beat the shit out of he her. He obviously beat the shit out of her and... Other than taking her to a regular hospital to get treatment for being beaten. They take her like she's crazy. Exactly. Whatever. Yeah. So, now that y'all know kind of a backstory on kind of what we're dealing with here. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Let's get into some theories. Because, like I said, this is unsolved. I don't know if it could have been solved. Again, you brought it up at the beginning. All of these other men, that led nowhere. Nowhere. And some of these were high-profile, uh-huh. high-ranking mm-hmm. officials, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. that led nowhere. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't know that I believe that. but I don't know that it necessarily led nowhere because it led nowhere, or it led nowhere because 
that somebody didn't want it to lead anywhere. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah, that's kind mm-hmm. of where I'm at, too. Yeah. So. Okay. So, District Attorney Elvin N. Edwards, when he first interviewed the faithfuls, he came out and he made this big announcement. And his theory was that a prominent politician and a doctor had been involved in Starr's death. And it's like, oh, really? But he refused to reveal their identities until they were taken into custody. So the newspapers are chomping at the bits. They're like, oh, my God, you know, this is solved. And so he was like, you know, she was murdered in New York. Her body was taken to Long Beach. And they took her out on a boat and they threw her overboard. Now, this actually happened. Or is this a theory? This is his theory. This is his theory. Okay. This is his theory. So this is this is what this fool came out and told newspapers. Okay. So now he's got to produce on this. Mm-hmm. And I just said, he said he knew their identities. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. It, it made, he's making it sound like this happened. Right. The same day, police detectives, they're like, mm. but they gave their own theory that Star was actually an, a guest at an off-season bungalow party when she was attacked and she fled the party. Was this at like a remote island that's owned by Jeffrey Epstein or, <laughs> I mean, I shit. <laughs> and they claim they think maybe she became unconscious and was washed away by the tide, which could kind of work. Because that would be supported by the sand being found in her lungs. But if she was washed away by the tide, how were her undergarments missing? Like the tide is not going to pull off a bra and panties and all that and then put her dress back on her. Well, maybe she was sexually assaulted at this Epstein bungalow party that, that was going on. And she escaped, like you say, into the water with just her dress on. So she would have had to have taken time to put her dress back on without the bra, yes. without the panties, mm-hmm. because the, the dress would have had to have come off to take the bra off. Now, this is the 1930s, so what kind mm-hmm. of dresses do women, you said it was satin mm-hmm. or silk or whatever, mm-hmm. so was this, a? am I'm assuming, a thin, mm-hmm. so something easily pulled over? It would have been a, like a tighter fitting dress, so it would not have been... Easy? Yeah. So how did she get her bra? Did they wear brassieres back mm-hmm. in the day? Okay. I'm just trying to put it all together, too. And back then, this would not have been like take your bra off and kind of slip it out your sleeve like that. You would have had to have taken the dress off and all that. So at some point in time, she was naked. Yeah. And they can't do rape kits back in the day. So, mm, okay. So, of course, Edwards... Throughout the whole thing, he did not believe Starr committed suicide. He actually did think she was murdered the whole time. I do, too. Yeah. And, of course, her family believes that she was murdered the whole time. Mm-hmm. So, that's that theory. Oh, and Edwards, his theory never panned out. He never found a prominent politician and a doctor and arrested him. So it's kind of like, why did you even go out there saying that? I mean, why would you say that? Because you know that they're going to make you, you know, produce that. Right. I mean, and you know going into it that you're not going to be able to do that. Yeah. It's like, dummy. Okay. So anyways. (laughs) So then 
It was reported that Star was on board the ship Mauritania before it set sail on Friday. It was reported by who? Whom? Just, just people. Okay. Just people. And see, they had bond voyage parties. Mm-hmm. Anytime a ship would get ready to set sail, mm-hmm. like friends and stuff could come on board and have like a little party, like... Uh, it's going to be like three days before I see you. <laughs> I'm going to miss you so much. Yeah. They would do stuff like that. And like I said, Star had made friends with a lot of the ship's crew. So she was a frequent visitor on the ships and she would go see them for the parties and stuff. So it wasn't odd for her to be seen on the ships. Okay. So would she be on the manifest? No, not if she was just on there visiting. Oh, okay. Yeah. So, it was reported that she was seen on it before it set sail on Friday. She was seen at the door of a stateroom assigned to a man whose friendships extended to the highest political circles of New York. So, the Trumps. (laughs) (laughs) So, it was beginning to be speculated that she didn't get off of the Mauritania before it left Doc. Hmm. Like I said, these are theories. None of this was ever proven. This was just, oh, I seen this. Oh, I seen that. So maybe this happened. Maybe that happened. So, Hmm. So this man, she had actually met him aboard the ship, the Franconia, on May the 29th because she had been on that ship at another bon voyage party and we'll Mm. get to that here in a little bit so this mystery man his name was actually known by edwards but edwards never went and questioned him what exactly did they even get on the ship and do any kind of investigation Mm -hmm. you're kidding no fingerprinting no nothing no so a speculation here is, is it possible that she stayed too long in this man's cabin and no tug boat could come and take her back to the shore after the ship left? Because, you know, if the ship left, sometimes a tug could come and take you back to shore. Mm-hmm. So is it possible that she stayed too long and a tug couldn't come get her? So, instead of there being, like, an embarrassing indiscretion being found out, the guy was like, oh, I got it, you know. What kind of ship was it? I mean, what kind of cruise? Was this a cruise? Mm-hmm. Well, I just came up with a theory of my own. You know, back in the day, if you were caught on a cruise without a ticket, you were considered a stowaway. And they would typically throw you overboard. I don't know. My so, own my own theory there. So, is it possible that he did away with her instead of having to deal with indiscretion? Uh, I don't know. I like my theory better. Was it possible that she was a stowaway on the ship and discovered by a member of the crew and then assaulted and murdered? There's no record of her on the ship. The winds and tides were such that if she had actually committed suicide and left from the ship or were thrown from the ship or were thrown from the ship her body would have reached the spot where it was found hmm but how long would it take though i don't know but 
It would have been impossible for anyone to have thrown a body from the deck as it was passing Long Beach because there were around 300 to 400 passengers on the decks at that time. Middle of the night? At the time that it was passing that spot. Oh. There was 300. Oh, to be up for her body to get there. Yes. Oh, I see. There were 300 to 400 passengers on the decks. Damn. Yeah. Okay, well, that kind of kind of rules that out. Also, it was reported that she did leave the ship because she left the pier in a taxi. Oh. Witnesses said that she was drunk. One of the witnesses is a police officer because he said that he purchased her a lemon to sober her up. A what? A lemon to a sober. A lemon? Mm-hmm. Never heard of it, but okay. Okay. He purchased her a lemon to sober her up, and he placed her in the taxi and gave the taxi driver her address to take her home. The taxi driver said that he arrived at her house around 420. Now, remember, her parents said that last time they seen her was 930 a.m. Friday morning. Did they go to the taxi driver? I'm assuming because he said he dropped her off. He said he dropped her off at 420 p.m. But her parents said no. Did they check that GPS? Oh, wait, this is 1931. Right. Her parents said no. Her parents said all three of us were home all weekend. But wasn't Tucker in Boston over the weekend? Yeah. And he was there an hour before or so before she left. And he was there all weekend. And the mother was there all weekend. But Tucker was in Boston, supposedly, all weekend. But now they're saying she was there. And then her dad says that he destroyed her diary, but he didn't. Uh Uh-huh. But... But wouldn't they benefit more with her being alive than dead? Yeah. Mm Mm-hmm. So what would the motive be for her parents to kill her? None. So anyways, so they pointed out, they're like, now wait a minute, y'all said that Tucker was in Boston. And they're like... Oh, they they picked up on that. uh Uh-huh. And they're like, oh, yeah. She was. Well, actually, she wasn't in Boston. She was just, you know, upstate. And they're like, well, okay. wait, upstate New York versus Boston. That's complete. That's in the complete different direction. Mm-hmm. But then they do some more investigating. And guess where she actually was? Where? She was actually in Long Island. Tucker? Mm-hmm. What the fuck's going on here? But she was cleared. The family was cleared of any wrongdoing. Wait, where did they verify that she was in Long Island? Um, She actually signed a hotel book, and she actually, I guess back then you could actually get a loan from a hotel, because she actually got a $5 loan from the hotel and signed the book, her name, which to me was like, okay, if she was actually trying to hide something, she wouldn't have signed her name. Whoa, 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 whoa. Okay, hold on a minute. You go to a hotel and you say, hey, I want a room. Oh, by the way, can you give me a loan? Mm-hmm. I can't pay for the room. I need a loan. What the fuck? Uh, what? Yeah, things were weird back then. Okay, so let's cast that aside. She's in a hotel in Long Island. Mm-hmm. What is she doing? They said she really was seeing friends. I- I'm assuming she was. I don't know. I don't know why she didn't stay with friends. Well... That doesn't make any damn sense. I mean, it makes zero sense at all. None of this shit makes sense. All right. Just keep going because this is, these. you know, 
Now do you see why it took me three weeks? Yeah, I do. Because <laughs> it's like you're 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 doing this research and you're doing this research and you, I'm gonna find something here in just a second, just a second. Just keep on doing it, and it's like dead end, dead end, dead end, and and you don't know which way to go from there. So it's it's like damn, you know. Okay, now enter Doctor Carr. Okay, he was a ship surgeon. He was a favorite of the women passengers of the Cunard liner, the Franconia. Remember I told you mm-hmm. she was on the Franconia on May the 29th? Yep. It was him who Star went to see. He had actually requested that she come see him because they were friends. They had actually met four years before when she was traveling on the Aranya and she got alcohol poisoning. So was that the stateroom that she was outside of? when she was seen no okay no dr carr was actually often a guest at the faithful household when he was in town so star comes aboard the franconia or franconia however you want to say it so she was reportedly already drunk by the time she made it to dr carr's cabin so he refused to see her and she was kind of stung by his refusal to see her why did he call her there to see him they were just friends. They really oh. were just friends. But okay. she was kind of stung by his refusal. Okay. So she was stung by his refusal. And she was also, while on board, she was actually introduced to the man that she was seeing on the Mauritania. Okay. That's where she met him at. She was introduced to him by Mr. Hamlin, who is another family friend. But also, while she was on this ship, she lost track of time, and she was still on board when the ship left the dock. So they had to call a tug to come and take her to shore. So while they were waiting for the tug to come, Star became hysterical, and everybody was like, oh, she started yelling, kill me, throw me overboard. And they were like, oh, my God, yeah, this kind of leads into... Yeah, she was suicidal and stuff. This explains a lot. Who said this? Star. They they said no, star. no, no, no. Who who's giving this story? The newspapers. Witnesses on board were saying this is how she was acting while they were waiting for the tug. Oh my god! So newspapers and everybody was like, oh yeah, she was suicidal. So yeah, she probably committed suicide and blah 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 blah. Well, this lady comes forward who was actually on the ship and she's like, y'all, Star was attacked by another woman on board who was actually interested in dr carr and so star was beaten by this lady on board and this was actually corroborated by other witnesses that star was beaten by this lady so while star was waiting for the tug she was hysterical because she had just gotten beaten by that woman and that's why she was yelling what yeah that was wilding on that ship that day what kind of freaking cruise is this? <laughs> no, like, what the fuck is going on? <laughs> you got stowaways, you got mad women beating the shit out of other women. I mean, you got women going to other cabins. What the fuck? Yeah. So this was this was remember this was on the Franconia on May 29th. Right. So, so this is that explains the reason why Star was all hysterical and. Yelling all that stuff while she was waiting on the tug to come and take her to shore. She had just gotten beaten and by a how, woman. how far before? A week before. So she would probably still have bruises 
they change color throughout the process of having a bruise she may have have still had those bruises on her when they found her the following week so those were probably old bruises well i don't know how bad she was beaten because her family didn't know that she was beat up by this lady yeah but they can probably she could have probably covered them up but it's like oh yeah true it's like I'm trying to put it together, though, another theory here of, you know, maybe the bruises weren't done the day that she died. Maybe they were a week old. I don't don't know. know. That's crazy. Okay. So, the way Dr. Carr comes in this story is Star, after this incident, wrote him three letters within the week of this incident and June the 5th when she left home. Mm -hmm. In her first letter, she apologized for her actions. I'm sorry for... Showing up at the ship drunk, blah, 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 blah. Her third letter, which was mailed to Dr. Carl on June the 4th, which was the day before she left home. I didn't write down the whole letter. I just picked up parts of it. Okay. She put, it is all up with me now. This is something I'm going to put through. If I don't watch out, I will wake up in a psychopathic ward. But I intend to work it out and accomplish my end this time. No ether, no alanol, no window jumping. I don't want to be maimed. I want oblivion. If there is an afterlife, it would be a dirty trick. But I'm sure 50 million priests are wrong. So this is her. This is her suicide note. Mm-hmm. But two handwriting experts oh, looked at God. it and said that the letters were forgeries. Oh my! So cover-ups. Oh, my goodness. What in the hell? One handwriting expert said it wasn't, so take what you want with that. Come on. I mean, that's that's a well-written letter. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, I don't want to do this. I don't want to do that. Right. I want it to be like this. And it's like, you know, if somebody is trying to forge a letter, they're just going to get right to the point. Right. Oh, you know, goodbye, cruel world, blah, blah, mm-hmm. blah. I don't know. It kind of sounds like But if it's somebody that really knows her, would... Yeah. I don't know. Like I said, do with that what you wish. You make your own opinion on that. I don't don't know. Okay. Mm. Okay. Two more theories. So, on June the 4th, the day before she went missing, remember I told you Mr. Faithful said that he returned an hour before Star left home Mm -hmm. because he had been out of town. He had been in Boston. He was seeing attorney Charles S. Walkup. Okay. Now, why would he be seeing an attorney? Friend, maybe? Hmm. The attorney said that they had discussed Star and several of the socially and politically prominent Boston men she was involved with. Why is he discussing that with an attorney? Why would you be discussing that? Okay, so now the father's back into the picture for me. Mm-hmm. Okay. Or not necessarily that he's in the picture for doing it, but maybe this dealing and people are like, we got to get her out of the picture then. If she's out of the picture, then he can't use her to get money. <sighs> oh... But that's pretty quick for them to, for for that attorney to contact these other people and then find out and then find her, devise a plan. That's true. And that's pretty quick. That's true. I don't know. I don't. Uh, I I'm casting that one aside for right now. 
Also, while Mr. Faithful was the president of Lacti Products Company of Boston, which was in 1922, he was indicted for using mails to defraud. He, w- he was later acquitted, but it's just kind of like, kind of showing you, kind of, yeah. Did it ever say what? It didn't go into detail. What didn't it, go into detail. What it meant, but it's kind of like, eh, okay. So he committed mail fraud. Mm. I mean, it's like. It was a federal indictment. It's mail. Ah, true. So, I don't know. Also, at the time of Starr's death, it was reported that there was very little money available to the family. Like, they didn't have very much money available. Well, I think that you kind of established that earlier, that they could have been living off of her. Yeah. Which brings me back to they benefited from her living, not dead. True. You know? Yeah. I, I really don't think the family had anything to do with it. Okay. Directly. Maybe indirectly, without knowing they did. Maybe by being greedy. Maybe. So, last theory. Remember at the beginning, I mentioned the mom's cousins? Yep. And their interest in higher education. Mm-hmm. Let's talk about Andrew J. Peters. He Let's was, do it. He was mom's cousin, Mrs. Faithful's cousin by marriage. He graduated from Harvard and practiced law in Boston until 1902 when he was elected to the Massachusetts House of Representatives, then the state Senate, and then Congress in 1907. Okay. In 1910, he married Martha Phillips, who, like I said, was a cousin of Miss Faithful. In 1918, he was elected the mayor of Boston. Wow. In 1917, when he was 40 and Starr was 11, he became a frequent visitor of Starr's home. And they did have a housekeeper. If Starr was alone at the house, he would send the housekeeper on an errand so he could be alone with Starr. What was going on? So the reason why he got interested in her schooling, and he did send Tucker to school too, but he was, you know, that was just to cover what he was doing with Star, was they went away to school. So he would have more access to her at school without her parents' knowledge. So what was he doing? I'm pissing to get into it. Star was very trusting and idealistic and believed that most people could not be bad. Peters told her that his attentions were right and fatherly. So she started becoming self-conscious and modest. She went from being a prize swimmer to not bathing. She would cover her feet and ankles with her skirts when she sat down, and she would make herself as unattractive as possible. Mm. In her last year of school, she showed a lack of interest in schoolwork. So, Mrs. Faithful starts getting worried, like, something's not right. So, she took her for a checkup, and it showed that she was mentally lazy and seemingly unable to concentrate. Mm. <laughs> Only two months before her graduation date, Star dropped out of school. And she started saying, oh, the food's not good. And then she was like, oh, well, I was expelled, which was lies. So the faithful start noticing that stars starting to act out. And they're like, God, what is going on? And one day they found her at a train station. So they took her to the sanitarium. When she was released, 
they were told that Star had given them a reason for her conduct, but the doctor was honor bound and he could not tell them what her reason was. And they're like, well, crap, you know. So Star invented a story. Oh, I'm having boy troubles. I'm in love with this boy and blah, 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 which of course was a lie. So finally, in 1926, Star finally, in bits and pieces, started telling her mother portions of the story of what happened. Peters would tell her that he was teaching her the things that she should know and that her father, her real father, would have given her and that any reluctance on her part would have been abnormal. He would drug her with chloroform before he did things to her. When she had her autopsy, her autopsy showed that she had impairment of her internal organs, meaning her female organs. It showed that she would never have been able to have had children. The okay. things, The things he did to her. Okay. Yeah. So, which explains, obviously, the, the things she did later on with men and her lifestyle and mm. the mental part of it. Because, I mean, she, she did have some mental issues mm -hmm. that she needed help with. Yeah. So, Mr. Faithful did tell Edwards, he's like, look, you need to look into Andrew Peters. He said, when all of this came out, they did retain a lawyer, which was the lawyer that Mr. Faithful did go see, but this happened back in 1927. They had actually threatened a $75,000 lawsuit against Peters because of what happened, because they were actually paying doctor bills for Star. They did have her like going to, I guess back then, their form of counseling and all that. Okay. So they did have her getting help, mm -hmm. and they're like, you know, you need to pay for these doctor bills. You caused this, you know, take did care of it. Did he admit to it? He never admitted to it, but he did settle for 25000 and he did sign off that since he gave them the 25000 they could never, I yeah. guess, come back and right. do anything. And Edwards didn't investigate it. And it's like, what the fuck? And the reason why... Mr. Faithful brought this up. Hey, I think you need to investigate this is because three weeks before Star came up murdered, the Faithfuls said that one of Peter's lawyers showed up at their house and was like, hey, have y'all been talking to newspapers? Because we've had them show up at our house uh, saying that y'all been talking and stuff. And there's people out there trying to get more money from us. And they're like, we're not talking. So then it became speculated that, you know, Star liked to drink. So they're thinking mm, they began. Loose lips. Yeah. That maybe the wrong person overheard it. Mm. And they're like, we're going to go try and get money from him. Wow. So then it became maybe Peters was like, maybe I need to get rid of her. Because it's just funny that they've had no contact from him whatsoever since they signed them documents in 1927. And then all of a sudden, three weeks before she's murdered, somebody shows up on their doorstep and is like, hey, y'all out there talking? You know, that one right there makes a little bit more sense than the other ones. Yeah. Wow. So this man sexually abused her. Oh, yeah. Hardcore yes. t stuff. Hardcore. And 
drove her to a point where she's got these men in her life now. Yeah. Because she thinks this is normal, I'm right. assuming. Yeah. And which, to be honest with you, when you first brought up that is like sexcapade gone too far type thing, you know? Even on the cruise, that last cruise that she was on, it's like that could have been, that could have happened, mm -hmm. you know? Something went too far. Or she ended up dying during the process, mm -hmm. you know, but then you bring this guy into it and then, you know, he's got this guy that shows up at their door and he's like, we got people showing up at our place wanting money because y'all been running y'all's mouth, well, you know? Right. That could happen. I could mm -hmm. see that, you know? I'm leaning, in my opinion, I'm leaning toward Peter's. Yeah. Because it's already, you're not an upstanding citizen any damn way. So, I don't think you would think twice about having her taken care of. And he's high ranking. I mean, he's got people. Mm-hmm. Wow. And this is unsolved. So, unsolved. they wouldn't investigate any of this. Mm-mm. And... When I reached the end of it, they left it open, but they ruled it a suicide. Mm. But they kind of left it open in case something else came up. And I'm like, y'all bitches know this wasn't no damn suicide. It was not a suicide. Mm -hmm. I mean, if they were going to roll it a suicide, they might as well just close the case. Right. So. Yeah. If they really thought that, they yeah. wouldn't have left it open. Yeah. But it's unsolved. Oh, my God. That so is frustrating. Yeah. As hell. Yeah. So, no, I don't think it's suicide. I think she was murdered. I think so, too. Probably, like you say, to shut her up. Yeah. She was probably drinking and got mouthy. And, yeah. Well, you know what? If you wouldn't have done what you did to her, she you wouldn't have had to worry about well, it any damn way. That's true. You did it. Exactly. I mean, now, I mean, you got to, anyway, God, dog. Mm, mm, mm. That's that is horrible. crazy. Horrible. That is r really crazy. Mm -hmm. mm. Star faithful. I, I don't even know what to say. I know. Oh, my goodness. It's well. Bad for her. I yeah. Mean, she had no sort of regular life. It doesn't sound like she had that much of a support structure either. Mm -mm. I'm still questioning why her sister was in Long Island. I mean, yeah, she could have been there with friends and things, but how the hell are you going to walk into a hotel and be like, I want a room and I need to get a loan. I don't know. Maybe you know. things were just different back then. I don't know. I'm, and maybe the whole reason why the family was like, okay, don't say you were there was maybe because her body was found there and they're like, I don't know. We don't need no heat on us. I don't know. Just, I don't know. Mm. Just be truthful from the beginning. Right. Yeah. Oh, that's, that's just. That's crazy. Hell, Tucker might have been there seeing men. I don't know. Following in her sister's footsteps? Right. Maybe. I, I mean, why else would you? Yeah, you got friends. I mean, but, I mean, really? Yeah. Mm. Well, that was. <laughs> crazy. That was crazy. It was a good story, though. That was. Uh, I did not think it was going to take me three weeks, but. Wow. Well, le wow. I can't get over that. Let us know what you think. <laughs> <laughs> Send us an email because I mean, if, if you're as shocked as we are, I mean this this was this was crazy. Yeah. So we'd like to know what you think. Uh, send us an email, seedisturbedpodcast at gmail dot com, and uh, yeah, send us any stories that you may have. Uh, we got a couple more that we got one that I'm going to be working on uh, very shortly on uh, 
something that a a story that a listener suggested to us. So definitely gonna gonna follow up on that one, mm-hmm. and um, may do something on the area because there was a couple. Um, I actually knew about another one in that area too. Mm-hmm. So, but um, maybe do a a twofer. Ooh, okay. yeah, a twofer. So stay tuned for that. And um, it is the month of November. And Thanksgiving is coming up. Shit, I didn't call nobody a jive turkey. Oh, there was a jive turkey in there mm-hmm. for sure. But uh, yeah, so Thanksgiving is coming up, and like we said. A lot of people do the traditional turkey, ham, dressing, mm-hmm. you know. We've done that. We've done some other things. You know, we boiled shrimp. We've mm-hmm. done steaks. Gumbo. Gumbo, yeah. So, would like to hear from everybody. See what you're planning on doing for Thanksgiving, if you already have your plans. So, let us know. Check us out on our Facebook and Instagram and TikTok. So, until we get those next episodes uploaded. I'm Paul. And I'm Jamie. And please join us next time. And remember to stay disturbed. Bye. Bye.